0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. Benji Kelly and New Hope Church. We are thrilled you have joined us for this week's podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's message.
1: How are we doing today, 1045? You guys doing good? That was some really, really, really good worship. Amen. Hey, we haven't done this in a while. Can you just bless and honor and thank those who lead us so masterfully week in and week out? It's just... It's just remarkable. Hey, you guys doing good? Amen. You guys still feeling Daniel strong? Yes. Don't leave that stuff. Keep, keep living it. Think progress, not perfection. But we have turned the page. We're moving on. And it is Palm Sunday. It is the first... Day of Holy Week, and this is one of my favorite weeks in the entire Christian year. If you don't know much about the Christian calendar, just know that we are entering in today to the most divine, dramatic week of all time that we commemorate from 2,000 years ago, the last earthly week of Jesus' life. And I want to tell you, it's going to culminate next Sunday, and I'm just giving you fair warning. Listen, you don't want to miss next Sunday. I've done a lot of Easter's around here, and I gotta tell you, I think this is going to be the best Easter we have ever experienced at New Hope. You don't wanna miss it. You say, Well, I'm going on vacation. Cancel the vacation. (laughs) I'm telling you, man, you do not wanna miss next Sunday. But hey, that's next Sunday. I'm excited about today. Too. And so check it out. I um, want to just encourage you as we get into the Word. Go ahead and open to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. And as you do that, I want to ask you a question. Have you guys ever, like, desired something so bad that you would do anything to go after it? Like, well, maybe it was a... <laughs> I haven't even got started yet and I already got a, well, down front. May, maybe it was a car Right? Maybe, maybe it was a boyfriend or a girlfriend, and you're like, "Well, that didn't work out." Hey, consider it God's answer to your prayers. Sometimes God's greatest answers to our prayers are no. Okay? But, but like, I, I just want to get you thinking about going after things of value. Like, do you guys remember this? The year was 2000. Any gamers in the house? PlayStation people? Oh yeah glory. He said glory about a PlayStation 2. That's my boy right there. Uh, I don't play these games but I'm with you, man. Um, PlayStation 2 in the year 2000, you couldn't find these. They were impossible to get. Long lines. Stores couldn't keep them stocked. I remember people fighting in the aisles of stores. Might have been this brother right here. Right? (laughs) Check it out. You remember this? The first iPhone. I'm not talking about iPhone 6,048 plus. I'm talking about the first one. Steve Jobs was doing his thing on the stage, man. He was getting everybody fired up about it. Lines were around the Apple stores for blocks. Remember this? And now, who, who wants the original iPhone? You're like, I still got that. Peace. I love you. Oh! Oh! Oh, young people are like, what is that? It was in the 90s, man. You remember Tickle Me Elmo? I never got this one. I mean, I could understand my brother with the PlayStation. I could understand the iPhone. But what was the craze all about this little thing? Tickle Me Elmo. Guys, stores couldn't keep them. They were fighting in the stores. I remember seeing people on the sides of the highway selling Tickle Me Elmos in the black market. What is that all about? And then now today, it's always something. Today, I'm going to show you a flat screen on a flat screen. Flat screen TVs, man. People freak out over flat screen TVs. Black Friday. Any Black Friday shoppers in the house? I have never, ever, ever, ever darkened the door of a store on Black Friday. And I shall never. But my wife and Anna Grace... Love Black Friday, but you you watch the news these days, people are fighting over TVs because they see something of great value. They determine that they are going to go out and get it, regardless of what it takes. And that's exactly what I want to talk to you about today. Luke 15, verses 1 through 7, just seven verses today. Open up your Bibles, your telephones, your tablets, whatever you got, and let's go get this. I want to talk to you about something far more valuable than a PlayStation, an iPhone, a Tickle Me Elmo, a flat screen screen TV, or anything else you've gone after before. And I want to do that by looking at the words of Jesus in Luke 15. You're so... Come on, you're just really here with me today, and I appreciate that. Read this out loud with me. Ready? Go. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Let's continue. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? To which you say, because most of you have known the Bible for a while, you say, yeah. But can I be honest with you? And maybe you'll be honest with me. When I first read that passage 25 years ago, and Jesus says, hey, suppose you got a hundred and you lose one sheep. Would you go out in the open country to find the one? Can I be honest with you? And I'm like, no, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, come on. Why go after the one? I've got 99. Well, who, who would do such a foolish thing? And we don't, we have a hard time really understanding this passage. And what you need to know is shepherds, shepherds loved their sheep, Shepherds loved their sheep and shepherds knew their sheep intimately. If you know anything about first century Palestinian shepherding or even today, shepherds go out daily. They hold their sheep. They observe their sheep to see if anything happened in the night. They know their sheep so intimately, the Bible says, and this is so true today. I've been there. I've seen Bedouin and shepherds do this. The sheep know the shepherd's voice. So when Jesus, when Jesus says, hey, would you go out after the one and leave the 99, the shepherds in the crowd of his first century teaching are like, yeah, absolutely. To which you and I would be like, no. Why, why would I do that? So it helps you to kind of take it out of the sheep, sheep uh, genre, if you will. Imagine losing a pet. Imagine losing a dog if you left a dog. We lost the dog. Would, would you Would you go out and look for your dog? Would you put signs up on telephone poles? Come on would you, would you go out and look for your dog? And suppose you lost a cat? Doesn't really matter. <laughs> Just let it go, man. Boom. I, he, he, no he didn't. I got my brother over there doing this. I got the cat lovers in the house going, I'm just kidding, take a chill. Come on, let's bring it up into modern day stuff. Suppose it was a kid. Suppose suppose, suppose you had three kids and you lost one. To which most of you are like, yeah. Others of you are like, that's all right, I got three more. Right? But, But most of us on our good days, come on, on our good days if we lost a child, come on. We we would go looking. Look what Jesus says next. Come on, let's read this. Ready? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and his neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. And I'm thinking 25 years ago, why are you throwing a party for one sheep? You got 99. 99. But Jesus is teaching us a value system in the kingdom of God. Jesus is teaching us a new value system that if we would listen in and if we would understand, we would walk away from here today totally different people. And look at what he does next. And this is when he just kind of starts to bring it home for us. He starts to make the connection. And again, most of you have already read this passage, so you know what the passage is going to say. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one who? Oh, so we're not really talking about sheep or dogs or cats. We're talking about people. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Here Jesus is bringing it home and he's making the connection for us and he's wanting us to understand a brand new value system in the kingdom of God and here it is, God will leave 99 to find one. And if you are a believer today... If you're not a believer, man, I'm so glad you're here. Just sit back, man. Check Facebook, Twitter, whatever you want to do. And and more than anything, just maybe you'll walk away today understanding how valuable you are. But if you're a believer, if you are a child of God and you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, here is what I don't want you to miss. Please, please, please don't miss this. You and I are called as Christians to become like Jesus. Jesus. And when we become like Jesus, then we are also willing to go out after the one. In the same way that you and I would go around the clock, no sleep, until we found our lost child. God feels that same way about every living, breathing person on the planet who does not know Him, and they are spiritually lost. And again, if you're a Christ follower, I just want to remind you today, as we move into Holy Week, your Calling as a Christian, my calling as a Christian is to become like Jesus, to follow in the footsteps of Jesus, allow God to break my heart for the one, and then go after them. To go after them with reckless abandonment and go tell Them invite them, and here's the main thing I want to say to you today. It's more than just inviting. Hello. It's more than just. Did you guys hand out your peeps this week? Yeah, I saw social media lighting up all over. Did you eat them? No, they're going. No, no, I didn't eat. Good. Don't eat them. Would anybody like to confess in the house of God that you ate them? Wow. Yeah, (laughs) I don't know about that. I saw, saw, okay, the hand just popped up in the back and finally lifted up. I know. I saw a mom. She was on Twitter last week. She said her kid was driving her so crazy for the peeps that she took home last week that she wasn't going to break our rule not to eat them but hand them out. But instead, she went to the store and bought her child some more peeps so that she could hand out these peeps. If you don't know what I'm talking about, if you weren't here last week, pick up some peeps this week. We got them. It's called Invite Your Peeps. Peeps for your peeps. And there's a label on there for them to come back to Easter. But listen, that's, that's mass invitation. Social media is mass invitation. What I'm talking to you about today, who's your one? Who's your one that you're not going to necessarily hand a box of peeps to But you might, but you're going to take it to the next level and you're going to become a bringer. You're going to say, who can I bring with me next Sunday? I want you to bring somebody to church with you next Sunday. I know what we're going to do. I know what the Spirit of God is going to do. You come to church next Sunday and bring somebody with you who's your one. Seriously, who's your one? What face pops across your mind right now? What name... It's coming to your heart right now. And you know that they need Jesus. Who is it? Who's your one? Every now and then a modern day parable will just kind of bust out on the scene. And I don't know if you look at things like, like I do. I think probably some of you do. Um, maybe it's just the pastor in me. But when I see things like on TV or hear things on the radio or, or whatever or see things in real life, I, I, I have a way of just kind of seeing a, a parable, if you will. And I don't know if you saw this. It happened about three weeks ago, but it was an automobile accident ended tragically for a mother but beautifully for a child. And I just grabbed the news clip, and I want you to watch this and just think about something for a moment.
0: Survival and tragedy along the Spanish Fork River in Utah. This 18-month-old baby girl, Lily, was rescued from an overturned car submerged in frigid waters, suspended in her car seat for more than 12 hours. Her mother, 25-year-old Lynn Jennifer Grosbeck, was killed after the vehicle she was driving veered off the road into the river the night before. A fisherman alerted authorities the next afternoon after spotting the vehicle upside down in the water. Where the car was at, you couldn't see it from the roadway. First responders jumping into the icy river, working quickly to turn the car over. As we did that, it became apparent that the driver was deceased, but we also noticed that there was a small baby in the back seat. Incredibly, the young baby girl who was trapped inside was unconscious, but alive grabbed the baby in my arm, raised it up, raised its head up out of the water as I tried to release the seat belt. Rescuers acting quickly, passing baby Lily from one responder to the next. The child was passed to me and I just ran up and climbed in the ambulance with the child. According to officials, the mother was believed to have been headed home Friday night when her vehicle struck a cement barrier before careening off the road And plunging into the river. The officers responding to the scene all say they heard a distinct voice from inside the car calling for help. I remember hearing a voice
1: it didn't sound like a child just saying help me. A voice saying what? Did you catch that? Help me. A little precious baby named Lily Come on, come on. Think, Think about the people in your sphere of influence. Think about the one earlier that maybe you thought about. Now, with ears of faith, can you hear the people in your world? Help me. Help me. See, I just believe, guys, I believe that the world is better with Jesus. Is there there anybody else out there with me? Like, I just believe the world is better with Jesus. I believe that. I believe that. Listen, I believe when people come to know Jesus Christ in the house, homes and relationships get better. I believe when people come to know Jesus Christ in our school systems, the school systems all over the world get better. I believe that when people in our country come to know Jesus, America will soar to great high heights for the kingdom of God and lead the world again. I just believe that. I believe that when people come to know Jesus, it makes the world a better place. Who's your one? Who's my one? Like I'm asking myself these same questions, and I know exactly who I'm going to try to bring to church next week. Who are you bringing? Because here's the deal, and you've got to come to terms with this one way, shape, or form. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to salvation? That's what you got to wrestle with. You're like, I don't know, man. That just seems so rigid. I, 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 mm, I just don't know. But here's what you got to wrestle with. You got to wrestle with verses of scripture like this Salvation is found in what? No one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be what? Buddha doesn't save. Muhammad doesn't save. You visit their tombs today, the bones are still there. There is only one who defeated death and his name is Jesus Christ. And I just believe that the world is a better place when they know Jesus. This is what our vision is about. This is why our vision is what? Reach, teach, and release. Why is it reach? Because salvation is found in no one. No other name other than Jesus. Who's your one? You're like, I don't know, man. I'm just trying to pay bills and... Make a living, I know, life's hard. But I said this last week in one of the services, I don't think I even said it in this service, but forgive me if I did, but it just lit up on social media, but I'll just say it again because it really resonated with so many people. Listen, there's nothing you will do greater ever, 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 than lead someone to faith in Jesus Christ. I don't care if you go to an Ivy League school, I don't care how many degrees you got on your wall, I don't care where you work. I don't care your earning power. I don't care how many kids you have or don't have, married or not married, square footage of your home. I, it, listen, at the end of the day, that stuff will just rust and decay. The greatest thing you will ever do is have a role, have a part, play play a part in the salvation narrative of someone's soul. Will there be anybody in heaven because God chose to let you stay on planet earth and suck oxygen? Here's how you do it. You go out to the one and you bring them to church. Not for the name of new hope. Not because I'm some pastor up here on an ego trip and need to pastor a big church. Been there, done that. But for the glory and the honor and the praise and the fame of Jesus. It's all about Him and Him alone. You know what's really cool? It's Palm Sunday. Jesus shared this parable in Luke 15. Later on this week, maybe go read Mark 11. I think it's Mark 11, Luke 22. Read the Gospels and read how this Jesus, this Jesus, after he broke bread in the upper room. If you were here last week, you know we had Holy Communion. Rich fellowship with the Lord last week. Amen. Jesus broke the bread. He lifted the wine. He he gave them the first Holy Communion. And then he got up from the table. And in John's Gospel, of course, he washed the feet. But then he got up and he set his eyes toward Jerusalem. And he fixed his eyes on a cross. What was he doing? Living out Luke 15. Going to save, yes, the world, but the one. The one who would open up their life and their heart and their sins and give it all to God and be saved children of God. If you know the story, he went from the upper room. He got on top of Mount Olives. If you've ever been to the Holy Land, it is one of the most picturesque views of Jerusalem. He's at the top of the Mount of Olives. He's looking down in Jerusalem. He goes down the mountain on a donkey. Such humility. The crowds gather around him, they wave the palm branches and they cry, Hosanna. You know what Hosanna means? Save me. They cry, Hosanna. They're cheering Hosanna, but by week's end he's crucified on a cross. What's happening? He's going to save the one. He he's living out Luke 15. If you know John's gospel, which we're about to study for the next seven weeks as we really get in deep to the miracles of Jesus, he's living out what John's gospel referred to him as the good shepherd. He's going out to live out Luke 15 and save the lost sheep. Who's your one? Man, if you can go out and seal the deal on your own and talk to them about Jesus and crack open the Word of God and explain salvation, and I hope you can, and everybody should try to do that, but most of you don't have that gift, and I've always said, that's okay. Don't beat yourself up over that. i got a better idea. I think it's a biblical idea. Go out to where you live. Go out into your workplaces. Go out into your neighborhoods. Go to your apartments. Go wherever you need to go, and just bring them to the house of God. And guess what? We'll partner together. And something will happen in the midst of the worship. Something will happen as I preach the word. And I'll give an invitation next week. And we're going to see salvation take place all over the place. Who's your one? Who's your one? Be a bringer. Not just an inviter. Show up with somebody by your side next week. And as we get ready to experience that, I think we ought to pray for just that right now. When we work, we work, church. But when we pray, God works. So let's pray. Let's bow our heads. Let's humble our hearts. And let's pray for what God wants to do here next week. And maybe even today. Father God. Thank you for sending Jesus, the good shepherd who left it all to go and save, yes, the world, but the one. As you think about who God might be calling you to bring to church next week, to bring to any of our campuses, I want to back up just a little bit and with all heads bowed and eyes closed, I want you to think about who it was that brought you to faith. Maybe it was a parent, maybe it was a sibling, an aunt, an uncle, a grandparent, a friend, a neighbor. Here's what I know that I know none of us here, none of us got to where we are today alone. Who was the one who cared enough for you, their one? and ushered you in some way, shape, or form into the presence of God where He has saved your soul, forgiven your sin, and is redeeming your life. Why don't you just thank God for that person right now? Lift them by name and just just thank God for them. If they're still alive today, maybe, maybe you reach out to them and you just say thank you. Thank you for caring enough. But now I want to invite you, church, to think about who's your one. Who is your one? Help me. Who is the one who just might come with you next week? Maybe you wrote their names on the walls here back in October. Maybe they're kin to you. Maybe they're not. Maybe they work with you. Who's your one? God, would you go before us? Would you go before us, God, and start ministering to their hearts? And would you pave a way? Would you open their hearts to our invitation? And then, oh God, may we be courageous enough, may we be bold enough to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. And go bring them to you. Hey, maybe you're here today because you showed up. Somebody already invited you. Maybe you can't think about the one who is out there because you are the one. Maybe you don't know whether or not you are a saved child of God. And I want to let you know today that you can know that you know that you were born again. Adopted into the family of God. And if you're here today and you desire a relationship with Jesus. As I talk about reaching other people, you're like, what about me? If you're here and you desire to know Christ. The Bible says you can be born again today. And the way you do that, it's very, very simple. You simply humble your heart. You humble your life. And you cry out to God. And you say something like this, Lord Jesus... I am a sinner. I need you to be my Savior. I don't even know today whether I belong to you. And so today I'm going to invite you into my life. I'm going to invite you to come in and by the power of the Spirit of God create inside of me a new person. I receive you today, the gift of salvation, in no other name other than Jesus. And I will follow you today and always. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you would like to learn more about the ministries of New Hope Church, please stop by one of our six campuses anytime or visit us online at newhopenc.org. If you have any prayer requests, please send those to prayers at newhopenc.org. And our pastors and staff will stand with you in prayer. We hope you'll join us next week. God bless and thank you for being a part of our church family.